0: Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green lights on. Set for a start.
1: Complains is holding on.
0: Cut Glory for Complains. But it is all heart style Rico and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light on podcast. Well it could be good morning, it could be good afternoon, it could be good evening, it doesn't matter, we're podcasting and that is the great thing about podcasting and I tell you what punters, another good thing about podcasting is on this podcast we find a whole heap of winners and get all of the inside info when it comes to greyhound racing in the great state of Victoria. Straight off the top I'm going to welcome my man Smithy, don't tell them Smithy that this is take two please, how are you going mate?
2: I was going to rub it in a little bit that you forgot to hit record when we've got a few minutes in, but that's all right. Practice makes perfect, so I'm sure this podcast will be an absolute cracker as I'm sitting here watching the uh, rugby union with my moccasins on and the feet up.
0: Hey, I love that, uh, that you can sit there and just chill on the couch, watch a bit of tally whilst you talk podcasting and, and greyhound racing, and that is the great thing about this podcast, isn't it, mate? It's a bit of fun. That's it. We, we love to have a bit of fun, but mainly we just love to pick winners, which uh,
2: I hope that I'm uh, working my way back into form and we can find a few for the listeners tonight.
0: I tell you what, it doesn't matter what we do because we've got Jason Adams as part of this team and uh, Thursday night we're recording this toward the end of the Sandown Park meeting and he was really keen on Inner Blue and I just checked results a moment ago and Inner Blue got home. So we can rely on our great man, Jason Adams, but let's talk the Meadows. Phoenix, where are we up to with slot holders in regards to the Phoenix.
2: Yeah, so as you just mentioned, we're recording this uh, Thursday night, so in the morning, first thing on RSN, we'll be announcing the successful slot uh, holders for for 2022, which is very, very exciting, so uh, we'll get that out of the way on RSN, and then I'll uh, join Gareth Hall on SEN track from about 9 o'clock as well, and we'll talk it through there, and I'm sure it'll be uh, all over the world of greyhound racing tomorrow. Who the uh, who the slot holders are for 2022? So it's very very exciting.
0: We first announced the the phoenix, it's phoenix itself on the thrill of the chase a couple of years ago Um, and I think everyone was a little bit unsure as to just how it was going to work and uh, how it would how it would go effectively but I can say Smithy from from the outside looking in I did not work at the event did not go to the event last year but just the hype the build-up and then watching the race just on tally you could tell it was something special and I think moving forward it's only going to get bigger and better which is is a great prospect for the sport.
2: Yeah, exactly right. And I, I mean, I might be biased. I was obviously there and and helped get the first one up and going along with Ash Baker and Jess Tubbs. But um, yeah, look, it was it was seriously, seriously special to be on the night. And I know that the the winners create a great atmosphere too but it was just all over the buzz on on track was just something that I haven't felt before and I really hope we can kind of replicate that and catch that lightning in a bottle and, and keep producing it for year on year because I think the Phoenix is just such a good vessel for the sport to grow and and uh, hit kind of new markets that we we don't generally get on a week-to-week basis. Mm.
0: Sports bet, of course, being the slot holder who won last year. They must have won plenty out of the Phoenix because uh, they're now GRV's major partner, which is exciting in itself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it. No, it's good to have them on board. They're, uh, they're, they're a very good bunch of people, so they're, uh, they're, they're good to have on board. And yeah, they had plenty of fun last year. Run
0: of the week. I'm going to be a little bit honest, Run of the Week I thought was tough last week because there were a whole heap of uh, honourable mentions, I guess you could call them now, uh, after last Saturday night. But I I thought, look, Baby JC was was outstanding. There were a few that really stood out, but the the win of Ariane Bale, the time that this greyhound ran was just exactly what we've always expected Ariane Bale could do. Did it from box number one, finished like a jet train and this is how she went about at latter stages.
1: Led by Turbot, finishing very strongly. Arian Bale on the inside, it shot away. Look at Arian Bale go. It raced about eight, ten lengths in front. That's going to leave them standing here. Into the straight, though. Arian Bale is well out in front. It's a very easy win to Arian Bale by about 14 or 15 lengths to overflow. Lisa's second.
0: An elite performance there, Smithy, winning it by a massive margin when the judge calls a halt. As I said, there are a few uh, really good honourable mentions on the night, but. If she can do that week in, week out, Ariane Bale, she could be a dead set superstar of the staying ranks.
2: Yeah, she's starting to, to learn to put it all together. She's always had the talent and she just needed the time and seasoning in in the racing cap and her, caper and she's really starting to figure it out. So she could be absolutely anything, Ariane
0: Bale. We'll touch on race eight, Topcat Video Cup final was the group three feature last week. But just to give you some perspective, first pick won that race by a length in 4274 <laughs> Uh, the Greyhound that we're speaking of went 42.459 and did that coming from behind. So I'm going to put this pressure, mate. Ariane Bale, can she win a Group 1? And if so, how much prize money do you think she'll finish her career with?
2: Yeah, no, she she can definitely uh, win a Group 1, I think. I think she's got that sort of level of ability and I wouldn't put it past her. And I think she can probably – I don't. I don't want to put the mocker on her too much, but I think she can knock it off, and I think she can be a consistent stayer, touch wood for a long period of time. So I'd say she'd be able to get up up near that 200, 200 plus kind of prize money bracket if she stays sound for a long enough period. She's she's definitely got the talent to be an upper echelon stayer for sure.
0: Saturday's preview. Saturday night preview time and uh, 12 races on the card. Smithy kicking off race one with a mate in final 6.32. Now, we're going to have a chat to uh, a hobby trainer in just a moment, Patrick Furchie, who's got the $51 outsider in race one. And... I don't know, I reckon he's got this greyhound going well and I could definitely see him filling a hole in a same race multi so we're going to get the inside word uh, with Paddy Furchie, race one, he's got number two I'm tipping number eight to win the first desperate moment just a class above based on that last run but as I said, Scott Monster's the Smoky, to finish in the top four in race one how do you see it?
2: Yeah, I've got the eight on top but I think it'll come up short I haven't seen any odds yet uh, so I'm, I'm happy to play each way. Blue Tick Meyer for Julie Chilcott, I think, on debut was uh, luckless and then it was full of merit uh, a second run up. So I think she can improve and
0: run top three. Oh, I love this stock in race two, Smithy. I get it right every time with Amron Dan. Two starts ago, I said, absolute special bolts in. Last start, dollar sixty. I say it's not going to win and it loses. So I'm in form when it comes to Amron Dan. I'm in form again. He's my best bet of the night. I'm going to give you the punters' punting club early. Have a listen to this, Smithy. Woo! You know what it is. Amron Dan. I'm going to have 50 to win, but I think he's best better the night as well. Oh, I've
2: definitely got him on top as well. That 29-25 at Sandown, if he brings anything like that, yeah,
0: uh, he's going to be far too good. Oh, I hope your punters punting club him, Smithy, because then we can have some real fun on Saturday night. Race three, I'm with Lakeview Rosie. Watch the replay last week. Box number four, At Sale, this Greyhound's been lid-pinging. Just seemed to mistime the start. I think if she doesn't do that, she can get the start right. She's also one of my better bets of the night. Race three, number two. Just needs to bring that speed from Sale. Reliable beginning to the Meadows, and it's game, set, match.
2: Yep, the great minds think alike again. If you ignore that last run, she comes here and she'd be a lot shorter, I think. Forgive her for that one. Better for the experience and uh, be too good for them here if she can get out in
0: front. Race 4 I thought the 1 and 2 would dominate. I'm probably going to go each way. The value of number 2 Kanji Zone.
2: Oh, I've got Cosmic in The 1 on top I think he just gets the job done and looks one of the better bets of the night.
0: The Pat Haas classic final. 5th grade final uh, I'm with number 3 Baby JC. This looks a great hand going places. The two's going to lead Manoli. Magic's going to cart the 3 straight over. I think taking the first corner in front Baby JC will be too good.
2: Yeah, I think this is just sets up perfectly for baby JC in the Pat Haas classic and uh, like you said, Manoli Magic will probably lead, go over to the rail, and maybe uh, JC will just get left alone. That run last week, 5.05, 29.96. If she replicates that, it's going to be very hard to beat. But just quickly, I want to give a shout-out. This is the first Pat Haas classic that we've we've had, and it's named after a lady that's an absolute trailblazer of the sport. She was the first female to, uh, to handle a greyhound on race night and first female to get a public trainer's licence. So she really set the tone for for females in, in what's uh, become a very equal opportunity uh, kind of industry. So she, mm. she was probably the first, one of the major drivers of that. So it's good to be able to name a race after
0: her. Well, I think we go to a lot of tracks now and almost see them female dominated with with how many staff and, and how many, you know, greyhound trainers there there is in this sport, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah,
2: exactly right. And uh, she she had a little thing apparently where she, she would use whatever box colour uh, that the dog was, that was the, the lead that, that she'd use. So we've organized some leads uh, in the colors of the boxes. So hopefully the handlers will use those and, That'll just be a
0: nice little thing for Pat Haas, who I think we will be on course on Saturday night. Race six, uh, I'm with number six to run a place, my father's son. I, I love the comment from the watchdog. It says, the forest Gump of great
2: <laughs> racing. I actually rated that highly. I had a good little giggle, and I'm with you as well. Six to place for me.
0: <laughs> we'll be jeering run, Forest Run. Uh, race seven, I'm with number one, wheel and go. Who do you like, Smithy. Well, this was a
2: tough one for me. I, I think between the one and the two, I think if you back them both, hopefully you can make a bit of money.
0: Well, Ray said a lot of punters are going to be hoping we can win some coin, and then naturally you'd go, let's win coin. But I think if you back the two, you might lose coin. Therefore, I'm with number three, Eldorado, drawn better, closer to the rail. That's the key for this dog.
2: There's two dogs in this that I think are drawn really well, and I think it's Eldorado and Dynamic Prince. Dynamic Prince will be untouched outside, it's just whether he can cart across at the first bend and El Dorado gets a nice run into the race from from uh, down low. So I'm um, bit torn on those, and I think I'll take whichever one is, uh, is wider in the market.
0: I tell you what, the early punters are going to make a stack on race nine. Always gamble responsibly, but I like number one He Clips. I just think back to 600 metres, hit the line good in a 500, draws box one, not the strongest Metro grade five. I don't know how many boxes you want to tick, and then you go over to the watchdog's price, $18. So... Well, wow, that's a lot of boxes tick. I'm going to go with yes. race nine, number one, Clips.
2: <laughs> this is a, uh, a race that I'm not super interested in betting in, but uh, I could certainly have Clips each way, particularly if they put up $18. Mm,
0: I agree. Race 10, I like number one, Vermont Bale. Racing really well this Greyhound on the Provincials. I think Tobin Frost is the place bet to, to get on his bike and, and eventually follow Vermont Bale home, but I think the one's going to be hard to beat.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with Vermont Bale as well This is uh, getting scary But 25.02 at Ballarat a couple of starts ago It's very hard to go past it in a race of this calibre uh, Maybe if you're playing same race multis, chuck the five Arizona eyes in there For top three or top four And uh, hopefully we get the chocolates
0: Race 11, I'm with number one Aston Tenji, I think drawn nicely Near the inside, decent run from box eight last time With no luck and the draw brings this grey hand Into the race, maybe as a one unit The win, four unit, a place type of bet
2: yeah, this is a really, really strange speed map. I say it, say it nearly every week, but this is one that just, that whichever leads I think will probably get the job done, but I just don't know which one will. Uh, I've, I've got the two on top, but it's a very, very hesitant one for
0: me. Race 12, rounding out the night, mate, 20 past 10. I'm with uh, race 12, number two, Triumph as the runner to beat.
2: Yeah, this is one where I might play same race multis, those sorts of things, because I don't have a clear on top. Uh, I'll probably play the two, three, and the five, um, and Sir Chappie just probably run its usual placing as well. So uh, there's one for exotics for you.
0: Just want to touch on uh, just reading a stewards report from race six last Saturday night on Radek Bale. I'll read exactly what it says, which I think is fabulous because uh, Tom Daly's gone to the stewards to, to explain, I guess, the run of, of Radek Bale and the the decision to keep him at 700. It was Radek Bale commenced to give ground, leaving the back straight on the second occasion. He underwent a post-race veterinary examination, No apparent injury was reported, which is good news. When questioned regarding Radek Bale's performance, Mr Tom Daly advised stewards that he was disappointed in the Greyhounds' uh performance. the Greyhound's performance over the 730 metre distance and referenced the previous run at Sandown, which he was also disappointing in. After monitoring the Greyhound's behaviour between runs, Mr Daly uh, expected the Greyhound to be more competitive and he went on to say that from now on we'll, we'll see him race over the five and 600 metres. So I thought that was, was interesting and uh, great for, I guess, the punters out there to be able to read that and and, and know now that Ruddick Bale won't be racing over 700 metres moving forward.
2: Yeah, and it's an interesting one because... I mean, for everyone that watched Radek Bale over the five and 600, oh. you, you expected him to step up and be kind of an elite stayer. So to get that kind of information in the stewards report, it's not something that you can always get your hands on. And it's something that uh, people like yourself and, and even myself doing some media gigs, it's good to get that sort of stuff out there because it is great information. Because like I said, we we all thought Radek Bale was going to be a 700-meter dog. So we've got to forgive the team daily for for kind of putting him up and giving him another crack over it
0: oh 100 and i think as well like you say he gave every indication that he was going to run 700 yes he was stopping very very sharply and i think it's good stewarding and i think it's good training that they could could have that chat and and we get to see that on the on the stewards report and it's just great integrity and, and great insight as well hunters hunting club punters, punting club, well I've already given mine away, I was that excited when I read the form guide I'm going to rip up the form guide because we don't need it, Amron Dan's going to win, we're going to have pockets full, gamble responsibly, I'll have 50 to win race 2, number 2 what are you doing Smithy? Uh,
2: I am going to have 50 to win on race 5, number 3, baby JC, I think the race sets up perfectly Uh, it's a dog in form has a brilliant overall record so hopefully I don't put the slows on her and she can get the job done in the Pat Haas Classic
0: Green light on. Remy, racing quiz time. Well, it's a little bit of a special quiz tonight. I haven't even warned you about this one, Smithy. That we are going to run a quiz on this episode. But the good news is, it's just a one-question quiz. Are you willing to play? No, no.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to. I'm going to back out. But I am nervous.
0: Question one: When will Corey Smith tip a winner in the Punters Punting Club? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you didn't see that coming. <laughs> No, I've I've got the answer. I I think I've got the answer. It'll be Saturday the 17th of September
0: 2022. And it's baby JC home to win. Thanks, Smithy. Good fun (laughs) once again, mate. Cheers, Jimmy, boy. Inside Info. Inside Info time now for the Meadows, Saturday night. and It's pretty rare we look at the form guide and have a chat with uh, somebody who's got a runner at $51 in the form guide, but that is exactly the case this week. Scotty Monster, Patrick Furchie on the line. He's a big fan of the podcast. He hasn't told me that, but I imagine he would be. Paddy, how are you, mate?
1: Yeah, good, good. Yourself, James?
0: I'm going well, mate. I want to learn a little bit about you, mate. Pat Furchie's your name. Where does Where does Furchy originate from? Is that how you say
1: it? Uh, yeah, Furchie or... Fucci, however you want to say it. um, From Italy, originally Calabria, Italy.
0: So a little Italian man in Australia. How, how did you get involved in greyhound racing?
1: goes back to my grandfather on my mum's side. He trained dogs in the 60s and 70s.
0: What was it that made you want to become a greyhound trainer all these years later?
1: <laughs> it's a funny story, believe it or not. Um, we started going to the tab back when we were 16 after school, me and a few mates. And um, and I happened to just say, "Oh, I might just get a greyhound and see what happens." I thought there wasn't much to it. <laughs> anyway, went on trading post back in the day, about 2012, I think it was, and got a dog off the trading post for free. And me and my mates, they came. We went and picked it up. We walked it home and took it to the park, and it got off the lead. And it um, just like for us, it just took off, and we've never seen nothing run like that. Anyway, took off and I looked up Greyhound Racing Victoria. Back then, they had a public trainers list and I rang a local bloke who was in Braybrook who's now passed away, Wayne Gent. And he had the dog and it was like 17 lengths too slow, so it was no good. And that's how I got involved.
0: Well, there you go, mate. Well, things have gone up since then. You've trained plenty of winners over the last few years, mate, as a trainer. Can can you explain that feeling when you train a winner, what it's like? And you've had a couple of dollars each way as well, which I know you like to do, Uh, gamble responsibly, of course.
1: Yeah, of course, gamble responsibly. Um, To to be honest, for me, there's no better feeling than that winning feeling. Even if it's just a tier race at Hillsville or whatnot, it's just, oh, it gives me a big thrill. I don't know. It's like... The best high ever, to be honest.
0: It, it is a great feeling, mate, and especially when you're beating my dogs, I'd imagine, as well, which you, you got the better of us last week up at Hillsville. I wasn't happy about
1: that. Yeah, it's about time you normally knock me off.
0: So. <laughs> hey, uh, race one, you've got Scott Monster at the Meadows. Under the bright lights of the MGRA, mate, you must be pumped just to have a runner in a, in a race like this in town.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it's, to be honest, it's my biggest thrill today. Um Yeah, just hope he, run, he runs well and... Yeah, we'll see how we go, I guess.
0: We've had some discussions about this dog uh, off-air, uh, Paddy, about uh, the way the way he's running, and it just looks like now he's starting to to really put it all together. I know that he went coursing just recently, and maybe that sort of sparked him up because his form since then has been a lot better than prior to the coursing.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, I took him to Lang, Lang and, unfortunately, caught taste the gold first course, but he only beat us by two and a half lengths, which I was surprised by. And, um, yeah, I think it's just the penny's starting to drop and he's starting to switch on a little bit.
0: Well, he's going very well at the moment, Scotty Monster, and he looks to be heading in the right direction. Now, there's uh, a few big-name players involved in the Greyhound, Scott and Monster. I'm not sure if we're going to call them the cheer squad or owners or whatnot, but some big names involved in this dog, Paddy. The pressure's on with him.
1: Yeah, there is. I got my three mates from Melbourne. Well, my me best mate, Joel Smith, and Bailey Fritch and James Harms. They've all got 10% in the Scotty Monster. So, yeah, they love the dogs, which is good. Well, love mate, having them on board too.
0: I, I reckon the reason you haven't had a win with Scott Monster yet is is because of that poster that you've got in the back of uh, your Greyhound van, which is of your best mate, Joel Smith. Have you taken that down yet, or is that still sitting up in the back of the van?
1: No, I think it's, I kind of thinking it's my lucky charm, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, I might have to pull it down for Saturday night.
0: I'm not sure if that's the race to pull it down for, but how, how do you see the race anyway, Patty? Because I've told the punters on the podcast, he looks a genuine same-race multiplayer top-four chance. He's drawn well. well. He's $51. How do you see the race playing out?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I I think off the box and off, off what he can run first split, I expect him to either just sit behind the red or lead the red. And um, I think I should be running in the first four, which, well, I'm hoping anyway.
0: Who do you see as the danger? Desperate moment for Andrew Paraskevis, who won really impressively.
1: Um, yeah, to be honest, I, I think that should win the race. Well, I hope I can run second to it or third, but... Yeah, the way that went, it's almost impossible for me to beat it. But we've got hope. We've got hope. Hey,
0: what's the dream for Patrick? What were you calling yourself, Fucci or something before? His, what's the you dream, Patrick mate?
1: Patrick Percy, Fucci, whatever you want to call me. Or <laughs> um, well, the dream would, uh, the dream would to be in the long run. I look up to, uh, Jason Thompson and the way he presents, he presents his dogs and David Gill, but. Yeah, I'd love to turn up like one of them one day. would be nice.
0: So the dream is to one day go full-time and set up the, the big kennel and, and try and win a Melbourne Cup?
1: Oh, that's a dream, the Melbourne Cup for sure. The Melbourne Cup or for me as well, the Australian Cup. I'm not too sure why, but it's just the photo with, with when they win the heat, the Australian flag on the back. Yeah. It just does a little bit for me.
0: I'll tell you what, Paddy, even though you're saying that you're not listening to the podcast, you've just told me that you want to be like Jason Thompson one day, which he is no doubt the the number one trainer and has been probably for the last 20 years, just about in the sport, at least the last decade. I spoke to him on one of the last episodes, and he told me that the race he wants to win is the Australian Cup as well, which isn't normally the race that people pick at the the top of the tree.
1: There we go. We've got something in common. (laughs) Well, that's a start. (laughs) Yeah, it's a start. It's a start.
0: Well, good luck, Paddy, mate. We wish you well on uh, on Saturday night. Jumping from box number two with Scott Monster. He's $51, but we're all saying that he's a same race Molly top four player. So good luck and happy racing at the Meadows, mate. We
1: wish you well. Thanks a lot, James. Thanks.
0: That was absolutely sensational to get to know Paddy Fucci, as we're going to call him from now on, a a true legend of the sport. He's a hobbyist, couple of dogs in the kennel. He's having great fun with a key player. I'm calling him a key player, even though he's got a $51 outsider, which we give a smoky type of chance to at the Meadows on Saturday night. You want to know more about the great sport of greyhound racing, head to grv.org.au, follow them on the socials, download the Watchdog app, you know what to do. Chat to you next time on the podcast. Until then, safe travelling and, as always, happy punting.